Thank you for tuning in to the Maximum Advisor podcast. If you're a growth-minded financial advisor looking to grow and scale your practice, you're in the right place. Your host, Chip Munn, brings tips and best practices based on his experiences and has guests from financial advisors to industry experts sharing wisdom with one another because we're better together. And now, Chip Munn. Welcome back to Maximum Advisor. I'm your host, Chip Munn, and today I'm joined by Jill Lewis. Not only is Jill the Chief Development Officer for my practice, more importantly, she's one of the best community leaders and networkers I've ever met. Jill, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Chip. It's a pleasure to be here, and I would love to help you explain everything we need to do. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to really just sharing with our listeners some of the things that you do. One of the things that initially draw me to you. We've we've known one another for years. And one of the things that I've always found that you were really good at is being involved out in our community. I call you a friend raiser. And and I think that that's an innate skill that you have. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with our listeners. But before we do that, Jill, why don't you give our listeners a little taste of, of kind of what brought you to working with us today? Sure. Well, I um, came to Florence in the 70s and wanted to do some work. I am somebody who feels like you have to give to a community to get back. I did some volunteer work, but then I actually ended up in a pretty large company called ABB, uh, essentially Say a Brown Bavaria, we had, believe it or not, 345,000 employees. I was stationed in Florence as originally purchasing and then HR. And I found that in order to create a sense of help and assistance and wanting to get people what they needed to get their jobs done, I had to explain who I was and what I was good at doing. And one of the things that I was good at doing was, as Chip said, networking. I really enjoyed being out in the community, in the public, and creating a name at that time for ABB, which was one of the smaller manufacturing companies in the area. So I decided that you have to let people know what you're passionate about. You don't join these community organizations because you have a spot to fill on your resume. You join them because you're passionate about what they do, and you really feel strongly about assisting people in the needs that they have. So in building relationships, you create an atmosphere that people know that you create your integrity. It's not giving to you. You create trust and you create caring. And with those three things, you work at relationships so that they are meaningful and you are giving back. And you're always doing something different. So if you get into the community and you understand what the big picture is, you figure out where you actually want to give your time and your effort and yourself to changing the world. I really thought when I came down here that my job was to help change the world and bring the South into what I consider the right atmosphere. 
Well, I, I know that after ABB, you spent some time at uh, at another company, and you were uh, you're pretty high up in the HR in, in uh, at ESOB. Is that right? Yes, I was the senior executive HR director for the Western Hemisphere. Have you? <laughs> so I had Canada, North America, South America, and it was a very interesting job because everything I did had to do with global. And I spent a huge amount of time in a plane and understanding other cultures. And again, learning how people create relationships, you know, when you're 12,000 miles apart. And it's basically the same things that you do when you're close. I mean, you develop the understanding and the caring and the trust in order to get the people to, or people that you work with, to understand that you are truly interested in not only their well-being, but their promotional opportunities and how they better themselves. And then after ESOB, you spent a stop kind of running our local technical colleges foundation. And and so I imagine between kind of your time at ABB and ESOB in, in HR and, and management, and then also in running a local nonprofit, you had an opportunity to meet with and, and run across an awful lot of financial professionals. Am I right? That's correct. When you take a look at the different things that you've seen in terms of advisors or insurance professionals, folks who are in finance, who wanted to become part of or get involved either in your organization or to meet some of your employees back when you were in management. What are some of the things that you've seen advisors do that you consider to be maybe either a mistake or a bad decision? Well, when these advisors, they would schedule appointments to come in and talk to either a group of employees. They were really looking for numbers. And they were wishy-washy. They never were able to actually create a relationship with an employee to convince them that they could help them in their leads and how they thought about finances and change the way they were doing their personal investments. So none of them really got involved because they couldn't build that relationship The most important thing in building a relationship with people is that you trust them. I mean, you have to really believe that they're there to help you. There is an expression that we used to use all the time. It was people in general didn't know what they didn't know. And so we were hoping that when these financial people came in, they could help shed light on some of the experiences and questions that these people had about finances, but they didn't do it because either they didn't know how, they weren't trained in it, but it just didn't work for the group that we had them speaking with. So when you were working with the foundation, though, I'm sure you had a lot of folks who wanted to come in and volunteer. One of the things, and I'm curious to get your take on it, that I've seen in the advisory community is the notion of wanting to get on. You mentioned having a spot to build on your resume. You know, one of the things that I've seen a lot is folks who want to get involved in just kind of going where the money is. They just want to get involved in some sort of charitable organization where they think that that rich people are. Do you do you think that's a good idea? Well, no. <laughs> the the ones that 
try to only go where the well-to-do people are, usually are not focused on what they need to be focused on. They're, they're still really not good at building relationships. And it's what you have to offer. People invest with people. Yes, they love the company once they understand it, but they really want to invest with somebody they trust. And the people that were chasing the money were not people that individuals picked out to invest with. Kind of trying to do too much too soon. Right. One of the things that I work when I work with younger advisors that I spend a lot of time on is the notion of finding something like you said that you're passionate about to be involved in because otherwise you skip meetings, you don't want to go to the different uh, events, uh, and then really just spending a year or so just being involved. I mean, pick something that you enjoy and just be involved and let any kind of uh, prospecting or if you want to be noticed, be noticed for being willing to roll your sleeves up and work. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the things that makes people aware of who you are and what you're willing to do. And if you can be part of a group for a year, you really gain their confidence. You gain their understanding. They know who you are. They know that you will not put them first, but be cognizant of exactly what their needs are. And what their needs are is what's so important. They've got to understand that you care about them and that you are going to advise them properly. Right. Now, why would you say it's important for an advisor to be involved in the community and to really spend some focused time networking? I think that's how the community gets to know you, gets to know who you are, especially if, like I said, you pick two or three boards that you're really passionate about and that you, quote, want to make a difference on. And people pick up on that. Once you get involved, even whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit, because it could be one of the hospitals instead of, you know, the United Way. But once people understand that you are a worker, as you said, roll your sleeves up, that you're going to get out there and do things that make a difference, they have a totally different view of you altogether. The point is, if you are in the community, people at least know who you are and they form a really good opinion of you. If you're not involved in the community, then you're not a mover shaker and you're not somebody who people will go to to make things happen. Yeah, I think really the first box that most people want to check when they're looking at you as an advisor or really anybody that they'd want to have a relationship of any sort with is, are you a good human? And I think that being willing to be involved in things that aren't just about you certainly helps check that box. Uh, Even in a virtual world, I think it's really important for all of us to be willing to be active locally. We can have all kinds of things going on, but there's something to be said for being able to work with clients and prospects, just community members, really in that kind of hand-to-hand fashion to be trying to accomplish something right there where you live. You're right, Chip. And one of the other things is, the you know, when you out in the community, you know the people who can make things, get things done. So you know who to call, you know where to turn, you know who can take one of the clients or who can help one of the clients move to the next level or get them on their way. 
And that's important in a community to know, have the ability to exercise their options and you can help them do that. Sure. I've known you, Jill, to help folks with uh, with getting jobs or at least trying to, uh, really reaching out on behalf of all kinds of things. And I think that your reputation is such that uh, people know that you're a problem solver. And, and I think that it really has helped you in, in building your network that people know you're the kind of person who can get stuff done. And if you ask me, that's one of the least expensive forms of marketing or brand building. And, and you've been able to do that across now multiple sectors, you know, for lots of different companies to utilize that and to be able to really take advantage of of building those friendships by being willing to be of service. That's right. And everywhere you go, I mean, Florence is not a huge town, but when I walk into a room, as my husband always says, I work the room and I make sure that when I see people, I ask them personal questions so that they know I remember and I care. And that's the way you build your brand reputation where people will come to you for assistance. And when you're looking at at things like boards or causes, one of the things that I've found is kind of that old adage of birds of a feather flock together. And whether that's you finding folks who are like you or whether it's you finding a group of prospective folks that all you know, kind of fit into a target market or a a niche that you'd want to work in, it's a lot easier when you are able to find that commonality and and have regular routine excuses to be around one another, you know, doing good work. Yeah. And it makes it so much easier when there are lots of commonalities and you can create the relationships with each other. And then when you go to explain who you are and what you do, the trust is already there. They want to work with you. That's certainly been my experience. You know, one of the things that I found out as a young person, I was on a nonprofit board. You know, I was in my early 20s and happened to uh, get an opportunity to, to be on that. And it was great for me to just get in really early on. I got maybe probably because I was new, got asked to be in charge of the uh, annual fundraiser and just the willingness to go out and ask and uh, participate without asking for anything in return, paid big dividends later. And you know, uh, folks just look at you differently when you're willing to take on a little bit of leadership and responsibility. And so I, I certainly found that to be the case you know, for me. Absolutely. When you think about how best or, or some of the, the things that advisors can do to get involved, what, what would you consider to be kind of the two or three steps maybe that are of the most importance in trying to get plugged in to some of these different opportunities? Well, first I would look at the community, honestly, and you can get a list from the chamber of the different boards that are available. And then you have to really check on who's part of the boards, who you want to work with, where you want to be seen and where you can make the most difference. So basically, if you're new in town, you certainly would want to look at the hospital boards, you'd want to look at the chamber, possibly the United Way, where it has the a large amount of decision makers, because you need to understand what the community is all about, what the community needs, so that you can help that cause. 
yeah, I would definitely think that, you know, places like the Chamber and the United Way, at least here, are two of the uh, groups that I can think of that have a large number of, of members, of board members, of people who are passionate and active in those, I would think, too. Uh, for me, I'm a Clemson football fan, which is a good place to mm-hmm. be uh, right now. And, yeah, it's another area where alumni associations and things like that give you an opportunity. There are a lot of Citadel folks here in South Carolina, and, and that's a, yeah, those alumni groups can give you a real natural uh, affinity group of people who, who share common interests. One of the things that I've found particularly helpful in my career, Jill, is finding a mentor. What are your thoughts on that? Have you ever had a mentor or have you had somebody that that you've been a mentor to? Yes and yes. And I think it's very important, especially if you're just starting and you need to develop yourself. I think finding a mentor, which is not an easy thing, but if you can find a mentor that can help you move through the levels that you have to move through, it's very helpful. They tell you it's hard to know exactly what's going on in a city or in a community unless you get the right person to sort of walk you through it. And that's very important. And on the other hand, being a mentor is taking somebody who really is interested in making themselves better and spreading their wings and allowing them to understand where it's easiest to start from. So, Jill, if you were a young advisor or a young professional in general looking for a mentor, what are some of the things that you would look for in that person? When you join some of the community events, which are important because they're at every different level and in all different places, you will, you know, people who are leaders rise to the top. And you will see them in each one of these events, and eventually you'll get to know who they are. Most males go for a male uh, mentor, and females do either. But you'll, you will eventually find somebody, or you can talk to somebody, possibly even in the chamber or in your line of business, of who could really assist you as a mentor and who would be willing to do that. Yeah, in my experience, one of the things that I've found is, at least for me, is if you look around the room, you can often tell Mm -hmm. who it is that's interested in those kinds of things. Some people, and I consider both you and I to to be those kinds of people, just take an active interest in young folks. Or, and I say young, it could just be new, new to town. And want to to really embrace and and help they're just i forget one of the malcolm gladwell's books talked about a maven you know somebody who's just a connector and i I think that those folks if you're if your antenna's up and you're paying attention they're really pretty easy to spot and then it's just a matter of getting on their radar and and being willing to ask it's a very humbling thing as an adult in particular to ask somebody else to be a mentor. It's a very humbling thing in the times that I've been asked to be a mentor. It's a very humbling thing to receive. It's, a, it's quite a compliment for somebody to ask you to be willing to invest your time in them. And it's, at least 
you know, from the times that it's happened to me, it's made me want to be invested in that person's success. Yeah, me too. I I mean, if you're going to say yes, I mean, they have to be in the forefront of everything you think about. I mean, I would actually go to a party and pick up the phone and say, hey, what are you doing right now? How about come downtown and meet me at this place? There are a lot of people down here I want to introduce you to. And that makes, I mean, it makes them feel important. It makes them feel like you are, you're really caring about networking, helping them network. And I would think that for, you know, as we're talking about trying to become active in the community, it seems to me like that might even be a good starting point to, to keep your eyes open for someone who might be the kind of person who could be a mentor, because it seems to me like that could give you a real leg up in trying to do some of these other things. And there are people, I mean, if you're brand new in town and you honestly haven't met anybody yet, normally, whoever is head of the chamber is somebody who knows everybody. And you could actually speak with them about people in the community who are the jet setters that make things happen and possibly you could go meet them. I remember walking in to Florence and not knowing anybody and I was told that there was a bank president, actually I don't know if that was his title, that was really a great mentor and I went in and met him, made an appointment, met him and asked him if he could help me be part of the community. And it was, he, he did a phenomenal job. He is one of the people who made me who I am today. He no longer is with us, but I was very lucky to have him. And the key to that's just being genuine, right? I mean, it is just a, you, you have to really want, you know, I, I've had people who've asked me to, to either make introductions or to help with, with something or you know, wanted me to to invest in them. And when I displayed the willingness to do it, they kind of dropped off. I, whether they found another job or they got the client that they wanted or whatever, you know, you, you've got to be genuine in your search for those kinds of things, I think. And you have to be consistent. Uh, I mean, there are, yeah. You, I mean, if you're actually going to do this and really want to make it work, you have to be True to yourself and then true to your mentor to make sure it works for them as well as you. One of the greatest tools that I've ever been able to to find, Jill, is what I'd call the art of asking for advice. You know, is the really the meeting where you go in, not necessarily even with a mentor, but it could be a business leader or a client and and sincerely trying to ask their advice about a particular issue. And, and I've had that lead to not only to, to great feedback, but I've had it lead to new client relationships, to introductions, just being willing to sit down and, and say to somebody, this is what I'm trying to do. Do you think it's a good idea? And soliciting and really taking that and then asking them how they would do whatever it is that I'm thinking about. And I've gotten many, many great ideas right out of the mouths of potential relationships, uh, whether they are uh, clients or prospects, I've had them tell me exactly the kinds of things that would be meaningful to them and that I could do to be more kind of relevant in in my relationship with them. And I think that's beautiful because that is actually the highest praise you could give them. And you know that when you praise somebody, honestly, they're going to give you back everything you need. And I think that's 
really kind of a a good point for us to make, whether we're talking about joining community organizations or asking for advice or finding a mentor in all those things, we've got to be genuine. You know, it, this is an authentic relationship that we're wanting to build. If you're if you're an advisor who uh, who's just interested in transactional things, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. But, you know, in terms of getting involved, and it, whether it's at a one-on-one level with a mentor or building a network inside of your community, authenticity, I think, is the key. It, you know, who they see in a board meeting and who they see at the grocery store is going to have to be the same person. Right. And it's going to assist them. Of course. And, well, and that's one of the things I've always appreciated, Jill, about you is, you know, no matter when or where I see you, you're always you're always the same. And, and I think that you mentioned earlier being consistent. I, I think there's people can come to trust that no matter when or where they are interacting with you, they know exactly what they can expect. Yeah. And that you're uh, the one thing that I like, Chip, that I think is important is I like to stay connected so that they know if they need anything, they can call. And if I'm not where I can answer the phone, which is sometimes you're in a meeting, I will get back to them so that they can trust the fact that they'll hear from me. No question. Well, being accessible and being trustworthy as far as someone who will return messages and get back to people that consistency is obviously really important to what we do. Now, Jill, yeah, kind of in wrapping up, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is being an action-oriented podcast. What's one thing that you could think of that our listeners could do today to go out and improve their situation in terms of, of networking and community building there in their local community? What's one thing they could do today? I think the one thing that I would say would be to find a group of people that are on some sort of board. Like I said, it could be nonprofit or profit and be, ask if you could become part of that board and then eventually work your way up. And the way to do that is to work your way up to actually being an officer of the board or a leader and enhancing your ability to meet people and to network. The first time you get onto a board or you get into a community involvement is just the beginning. But it's it's key. And, and one of the things that I've seen is that if folks, unfortunately or, or fortunately perhaps, in, in small towns, there are a lot of people on the same, again, whether you're talking about church boards or school boards or, or whatever, there are a, a lot of people are on the same kind of things. And yeah, word gets around whether or not you're somebody who will work and do what you say you're going to do. And so, you know, when you get that opportunity, again, whether you're new to an area or whether uh, you're really just kind of rebooting your prospecting efforts through networking, you know, get, when you get that opportunity, going to work and, and really putting your best effort into it uh, is incredibly important because people are watching and they're talking. And that's the way that those kinds of communities work. Uh, Jill, I want to thank you for uh, investing your time with us. I've really, uh, I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have too. And uh, we appreciate you really spending time with our community talking about how we can better be of service in ours. Thank you, Chip. And it was a pleasure. And I do enjoy everything I do, which you know. 
Thank you. Well, for all of our listeners, we look forward to seeing you speaking of communities over in the Facebook group, (laughs) and uh, we'll be back at you again real soon. Thank you. To download what we believe is the single most important marketing, selling, and positioning tool for your practice, go to MaximumAdvisor.com slash scorecard now. Subscribe to this show anywhere you listen to podcasts or at MaximumAdvisor.com.